0: welcome to episode 89 of shoulder to shoulder podcast telling stories from the lafc community match by match fan by fan story by story this week we've crossed enemy lines for our guests from last weekend and welcomed one of the austin fc faithful joining us this evening is going to be one of the original starting 11 capos and a board member of the supporters group los Verdes supporting austin fc and we want to speak about their inaugural mls debut so joining us this evening will be jay torres a capo from their sg who also coaches soccer locally in austin as well too so sir thank you so much for joining this evening jay torres thanks a lot for having me on man i appreciate it really can't wait to hear about the experience of a first ever game on the road we've Mm -hmm. heard that so many times through the lens of the black and gold but never through the lens of the green and black Joining me as always, of course, tonight, Chris Christian, my co-host. Gentlemen, good evening. How are you guys doing?
1: Doing well. Bummed, uh, obviously, that we I wasn't able to go to the match last weekend. But glad to see LAFC pulled out a victory. It was a very close match, a very well-played match. I think we all were not expecting it to be as much of a challenge as it ended up being. Austin definitely played very well, and it's looks like it's going to be a lot of fun when they play at Austin in July and then again in September.
2: I'm happy to be able to join the crew here. And Jay, looking forward to hearing your story. Also, I want to remind listeners to review and follow. Make sure that you follow us on social media at LAFCSUS, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, across the board. And make sure to give us some five-star reviews in on Apple Podcasts when you get a chance.
0: I always forget to do the obligatory plugs. And of course, joining us, Jay Torres is at Mr. Jay Torres on Instagram and Twitter, who will be our guest this evening, telling us all about this game from the perspective of Austin FC. We know that they had a full day leading up to it, going around town. So I'm gonna be kind of curious to dive into his experience throughout the course of the day. But, you know, just to sort of recap the game before we dive into the interview segment of the show, you know, it started out on such an emotional note. First, Real game with fans back in the stands, all in an extremely limited capacity. The mad scramble and lottery system to get those tickets and so many people so sad and frustrated they couldn't get in. For the few of us who were lucky enough to get selected to go in, it was weird being in a bank that was half full. And then, of course, the TIFO, the chant for Mo, how the game started on, on such an emotional note. The fact that that was part of a broadcast for everyone who watched along at watch parties and at home really just kind of set the tone for what ended up being a much more vigorous and emotional match. We had so many different things that happened throughout the course of it, from Vela's early exit to some amazing goals from Ciciniega, a very pressing 4-3-3 from Austin FC that seemed to match LAFC's style quite well. The game ended up having a lot of opportunities going both directions. Ciciniega coming up with huge, huge saves. Of course, Corey Baird breaking the sheet, Sifu sealing it late no DPs being involved with Vela's early exit and and just a crazy lineup towards the end. So much in it. So I'm just curious, gentlemen, what, from a game on the pitch standpoint, did you guys feel about this weekend?
1: I thought LAFC played well, especially considering all the things that you had just listed off. It was definitely not plan A when you found out that Diego Rossi was not going to be able to uh, suit up on Saturday. But I thought that Everybody played well. The fluidity of the team looked to be very strong. And it didn't seem like I, I, I was, when I was watching the game, I said to myself several times that their ideas were good. You could see the ideas and where they were trying to pass the ball and make plays. I and mean, it was just a matter of the ball being just a little bit in front or a little bit behind and just the placement wasn't as accurate as I would have liked for a perfect match. But I think that LFC played well overall.
2: I agree. It wasn't what I expected leading up to the match. We heard that Vermeer was not going to be part of the team anymore. Mutually separated. Then Rossi doesn't pass a fitness test. And 20 minutes in, Vela isn't able to continue because of the miscommunication with Bob Bradley, which he admitted on the sidelines. Actually, let me pause there before I move forward. I want to commend the MLS, English, Spanish, Fox, and Fox supporters for giving Mo the appropriate amount of moments before the match started. It was very important. I thought it very classy of them. And also Don Garber putting out a message himself. So I thought that was very respectful. And and the fact that the league and the television providers are giving supporters the spotlight speaks to what The groundwork has been done by a lot of clubs and we'll talk more to Jay about that and what it means moving forward for the sport in this country. Jumping back into the match, if you tell me all these things are happening and that somehow we pull out a win, I want to give it to Austin. They really came to try to play the game. You can see that Wolf. Is instilled a, a type of game where he wants to possess the ball. If you also tell me that Austin would have more possession this game and more completed passes than LAFC, something that we're not used to doing or happening in front of us. And we still come out with two zero. 0 what more can we say that other than that we were effective and efficient when we, we were, when we had our opportunities and that with Vela out and no DPs on the field, our players and our bench was able to step up. So Big ups to fighting through that first half where Austin made it difficult and then pushing through in the second half to be
1: able to complete the job and getting a 2-0 victory. Jay, I'm curious, what did you think about Austin's performance in the match?
3: I think we played beyond expectations, to be honest with you. I mean, this team has only been training for, what, six weeks together? You can tell that Josh's Wolf's system is what you said, Christian. It's control the ball, possess the ball. And... That first half, I was like, "Wow, this is pretty good, guys. Keep it going, keep it going." They played well, you know. The the four three three system that Josh Wolf is instilled—it's it, gonna. It you can see, like, okay, I see what I see what you're trying to do here. It's um, it's gonna work. LaFC is a tough team. When you start the season just like that, to go on the road, pandemic or not, fifty percent. I mean, it's just like you guys are surprised. We're surprised too. But at the same time, we're like, should we be? I mean. These guys, you know, I think from the Austin FC perspective, the man of the match on the Austin FC side was Alex Ring. Alex Ring just kicked tail. That dude was everywhere, up and down the middle. You know, that dude, I can see why they spent the money and they brought him over. And I can see why he's our captain. He's a stud. He's a stud. And if he keeps playing like that all year, he'll be playing in the All-Star game later on this year.
1: It's interesting if you think about it, you know, Pablo Cisniega made several, three, four, five great, great saves, right? Austin had true mm-hmm. kicks on the ball. Oh, yeah. It, it, this easily could have been a 2-0 the other way because yeah. if Corey Baird didn't get that deflection off of Nick Lima and right. if there wasn't that miscommunication with your defenders at the very end of the game and stop at the end of the time, game. Right. right? This easily could have been a 2-0 game the other way.
3: Dark shots on goal were like hairs away from, from going in. There was an Alex Ring kick, I think, from right, right outside the box in the first half where That's- I think... y'all's goalie just tapped it out it was going in it was going straight in. man that's the way the game is and it's a the game of inches and we lost football
2: i was gonna say gallagher also i think made a case for himself to be able to maybe start start a match yeah after one game like he came on and he was a a spark plug in the second half yeah yeah yeah
3: yeah yeah yeah. he he impressed a lot he impressed a lot there was him and nick lima impressed romagna on our end Our defensive back line, like you say, it could have been 2-0. It could have been 4-5-0. I mean, it was one of this crazy game. I mean, even the official was letting the boys play. There was times Austin FC got – we thought they got fouled. I was like, no, he's not calling it the other way either. He's letting the boys play. And it was a tough – that was a tough match. That set the tone for – hopefully for Austin FC for the season to go, hey, this is what you're capable of. You went toe-to-toe with one of the best teams in the league. Yes, mine is their DPs, but still, you still went – the rest of the teams, no, not shabby at all. I mean, they're not – pushovers and you went toe-to-toe with them and they had nothing to be ashamed of whether they went to zero or up to zero. We're going to cheer just as loud for them anyway.
2: You bring up a good point. I think at least from an LAFT perspective, we picked up Corey Baird this off season. And yeah. I think with Vela going out, he you could see there was a sense of responsibility in the second half that he took right. on yeah. and um, really pushing himself to be as, be as open and creating as many places as possible. And one thing that I mentioned on the Spanish podcast, I'm always on Dale black and cold this weekend that Corey Baird is actually a little bit more adventurous, similar to Sifu that actually shoots from outside the yeah. box. And we don't always necessarily do that, but sometimes you have to do that to break down a team, to keep them guessing. And he did that. And that's the only yeah. reason a goal happened. He took a shot. Yeah, we well, were right. doing that. And
3: that's what I tell the kids that I coach. Just put it in the box. Put it in the box. Good things happen when you put it in the box. And that's what happened. He put it off, it went out deflection, it went in. It don't matter how it goes in or it don't matter if it's a 30-yard kick or a two-foot, you know, two-foot kick. It goes in the net. It goes in the net. Causes a goal, and sure. at the end of the day, that's you guys had two, we had zero.
0: You miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take.
3: Exactly. Yeah. Shoot or shoot. Shoot or shoot. Yeah. And Be- Bella went out. And credit to LaFC that they have depth where they can put in, put him in, and he fills right in and he scores the goal. Yeah.
0: When you think from the perspective of LaFC, when we find out Rossi's not starting, we lose Vela 21, 22 minutes into the match, something like that. Yeah. instantly some alarm bells going off in the back of our heads. But, you know, in my opinion, it's easy to point out the Corey Bairds of the world and, you know, the Pablo Cisniegas and, you know, put man of the match honors in their direction, deservedly so. But to me, some other people really stepped up. Palacios, Opoku, K, I thought all of them had stellar games and it really took some pretty good defensive performance from them and Opoku really stepping up into the forward role. To seal the deal those guys defensively were really effective especially when austin fc was holding the ball constantly and trying to find a way in those guys were coming up stop after stop after stop definitely you can tell there's some team cohesion there that Austin FC just hasn't had a chance to build yet because they just haven't had the time. They haven't had the reps. With COVID, they haven't been able to play as much. And, you know, I mean, just a few months they've been together, I think in some time, this team is going to be much, much more formidable. And on the day LAFC, we're lucky to squeak by, given the fact that we had so many players out.
3: Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, not after the first game, a lot can happen, but after that performance, you go, yeah, let's, you boys keep playing together all summer. Something special could happen here in Austin where, I don't know. I mean, the sky's the limit. All these boys are hungry, man. They're hungry. You know, they get cut or nobody, it, it's an, it's quote unquote, an expansion team. And it's usually put together with a bunch of, you know, guys that nobody wanted or somebody said, yeah, I'll trade you or, yeah, you know what? I'll sell you. And there's a culture that's being built in Austin and it's exciting. And we'll, we'll see how it goes.
0: Well, the game stood on the edge of a knife. Who knew what direction it was going to go? Some might say that Mo was with us and that's why LAFC got the breaks
3: it could but, be it could be and if that's the case well then so be it the soccer gods got, got what they want.
2: i think you raised some good points there. what i think of opoku now is kind of a little bit of a tasmanian devil yes there was some miscommunication in the back line but i think he just causes a lot of issues he's almost like an extension of latif blessing or you know, they have a similar energy level where they cause issues or cause mistakes because they're just on you at all times so i appreciate that kind of energy off the bench Big ups to him, like you said, and we'll see what Austin can do. I think if you extrapolate this kind of performance to the rest of the season, they can definitely make a playoff push and surprise some people in the playoffs if this kind of performance holds constant throughout the season. Yeah,
0: agreed. Both teams' big matches coming up on the weekend. LAFC, our other dreaded rival after Carson, could arguably be Seattle. I think that's a fair statement to make. Ironically, the team we on the road faced in our first ever game as an MLS franchise, but the team that has certainly done us dirty the last few times around when the money was on the line. So we had Seattle, Chris, you got to be on a radio show today where you helped preview the game. You want to take us through that experience and your thoughts on the upcoming match?
1: Yeah. So a couple of weeks ago, actually, before the season started, I did a preview of LAFC's upcoming season on I-80 sports. And uh, one of the other people that was being interviewed at the time was a gentleman by the name of Jackson Feltz, and he is the host of the Sounders FC Weekly on an AM radio station in Washington. And uh, Jackson reached out to me a couple of days ago and asked me if I would come on again, uh, his radio show and talk about uh, the the match coming up. And it was really good. talk to them, and it's interesting, you know, for any of you guys that saw the 4-0 win that Seattle had over Minnesota, there was a lot of really good shots in that game. And there was the potentially Joel Pedro had what is going to be really hard to beat for goal of the season. He took a a nice little header and he kicked it up in the air and he just just side-kicked it into the net, man. Never even touched the ground. And So they have a lot of talent. Nicholas Ladero, though, is injured on that team. They're not sure if he's going to be able to play this upcoming weekend. Also, Jordan Morris is still injured from his loan spell where he had gotten hurt and he's not going to be able to play. So they're not going to be at full strength. But that's also to say, too, look at us. We may not be at full strength. We don't know the condition of Diego Rossi. We don't know if he's going to be able to be able to play this weekend. Obviously, Brian Rodriguez is out on loan still. And we haven't heard anything about Carlos. And if that injury is anything serious. But, you know, it's just all these things that are still unknown. But it's going to be good. It's going to be a good match. I think that, look, Seattle does things well, right? They're well organized. They have their team cohesion. And they obviously know how to win big games. We typically have given Seattle a hard time during the regular season, and it's only usually during the postseason that we fall short. I'm very confident in LFC's ability, regardless of who we have in our starting 11, and I think that it's going to be a great match.
2: You bring up some good points. What I'm interested to see is how their new formation, they're now playing a 3-5-2 this season because of some of these injuries that you're talking about. And, you know, they are going to have to experience playing against LAFC with winbacks. Yes, they'll probably have numbers in the midfield with those five, but that also means they're spacing behind for whoever's playing winger for our club. So I think it's going to be a new kind of clash of styles and tactics. And Seattle and LAFC, always an entertaining game. Apart from last year's playoff bout where we were missing so many players because of CONMEBOL's qualifiers and COVID protocols etc but I want to see if they can do that against LAFC I would say Minnesota is a good team a solid team they had a pretty decent playoff run last year but they're not LAFC at full strength or even with one DP or what I saw against Austin I think there's some resilience and some confidence being built by the backups already right we're gonna to have to have depth this year with constricted season And I think Bob went into the preseason with that approach so I think being up for this game there is nothing needed other than you know pointing to what happened last year and how we we lost in the MLS playoffs to this team and with them still working out the kinks on a three-five-two, I think we're going to have opportunities and we just have to capitalize on them
0: I would bet dollars to donuts Vela starts this weekend I just don't see any way he's not out there in the starting lineup on Saturday barring something happening between now and then God forbid but given the manner in which he left and the way Bob spoke about it both during and after the game I'm pretty sure he's going to be back in Rossi on the other hand you know a hamstring tweak You know, hamstrings are not something you want to play around with. I'm firmly in the camp of give him rest until he's 100%. Don't risk, you know, a greater injury there because bringing a player back too early from a hamstring injury or until you're 100% on where that is to me is very, very risky. But we'll see. There's definitely going to be a lot of emotion in it. LAFC always have a tendency to bring a ton of emotion into these mid-season matches with Seattle, they have a dominant performance, and then maybe that gets in their head and they relax a little bit come the playoffs. And so hopefully they can sustain that same mid-season energy, and we see another version of that coming up this weekend. Uh, but, Jay, we know you guys are uh, heading from sea level up to mile high. Austin, Austin's pretty close to sea level as well, too, and it's only like a 1,000 feet up, I think. We're
3: not that high I mean, the coast is probably couple hundred miles away. Yeah, we're going to Colorado this weekend. It's going to be a fun trip, a fun place to go. Colorado played Dallas, I think, to a draw. I think it was a 0-0. I didn't really follow much of the game because, well, I was in Los Angeles and I had one focus and that was my team. But yeah, I, I think it, if Austin FC plays the way they did on Saturday, I think we could come out with the, with a good result. We should take some points, hopefully. I think Colorado's running a 4-2-3-1, and I don't really... I've never studied that, or I never. I've never. I'm not, I'm not really sure. Familiar with it, and I'm not sure how it's working for them. I know they were out-possessed by Dallas, and and if you're out-possessed by Dallas, that's not a good thing. But well, yeah, we'll see. I mean, if our boys can can come up to and, and keep the intensity as as like they did on on this past Saturday and go up to Colorado, I, th- I think we can get uh, a good result and come home with three points. Hopefully, the first three points ever in our history.
1: You're going to that match too, right?
3: Yeah, I fly out Thursday night and uh, Saturday evening uh, we'll be in uh, at uh, Dick's Goods Park.
0: Wow, FC Dallas and Colorado played to what was a pretty lifeless nil-nil draw in their first game. There wasn't much in the way of any chances created for either side. I mean, maybe one each, but it was not the kind of match that was a barn burner by any stretch of the imagination. If Austin FC show up next week the way they showed up this week, I mean, especially obviously that big jump to altitude can mess with teams. But if they show up and play like they did at the bank, I have a feeling you're gonna to get to see that first goal and that first win. But uh who knows? Uh, you know, Colorado obviously owns ownership with Arsenal. Mr. Cronky is in a lot of hot water right now, across the pond, with this whole discussion about the Super League. I know amongst the three of us who host this show, we have some EPL teams that we support. Jay, I don't know if you have an EPL team that you pull for and if you have an opinion about the Super League, but my goodness, what drama this I one. do.
3: I, I, I'm uh, i a huge Chelsea supporter. Blue is the color. Keep the blue flag waving high. Yeah, I saw what Chelsea did today before their match and how the fans protested outside. And they, they were blocking the team bus from coming in. And Peter Cech has to come out and try to calm the people down. And they finally get in. And then like an hour and a half later, you hear that them and Man City are pulling out of Super League. So yeah, as a as a Chelsea fan, I'm like, well, thanks for correcting you wrong, but you probably shouldn't have been in this situation from, <laughs> from the start. But you know, it is what it is. They came to their senses. And how I didn't expect this reaction is beyond me. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't I, I mean, someone there's gotta have to have been someone that says, I don't think this is a good idea, guys. You know, no one has a, their hand on the pulse or whatever, and no one has got to feel like how, what did you think was going to happen, man? I mean, what it's just...
1: I was listening to SiriusXM XMFC on my way home, and I was listening to Tony and Dunny, and uh, Tony Miola and Brian Dunsath, and they were talking about how they think that there's going to be another attempt at some point in the future, and that they were... They put this out... Obviously, they didn't expect as big of a backlash but they did expect a backlash and they were just putting it out just to see how everybody react and how everything would be going. And that the real attempt is going to be something that they fix the second revision of it. And that it's going to be something where the funding is going to trickle down and it's going to be something that people are going to be able to pallet more because it's not going to be this money grab. It's going to be something else where there is like a a consideration or a give back to some of the other smaller leagues.
3: Yeah. The trickle down effect. Well, money talks. And, you know, it, unfortunately, some of those smaller teams might go, OK, well, if you're going to give me something, I get it. But still, I, I just, it just feels yucky. I mean, it just doesn't feel right. But
2: I think the, the most interesting part is that we heard rumors of this right in the last couple of years, at least. And they use these super clubs use this to make changes in the Champions League in a couple of years. Right. Uh, with a new format, with more money coming in for them. So they use these rumors uh, or these leaks to to some uh, to I think built in Germany to do that, and that was voted on on Friday, and it was basically about to be ratified when they announced this on Saturday, and and they still have the, the you know the guts to to still roll it out and say that they're going to do it, and that to me is something to 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 take note of, right? They're, I think they're testing UEFA and FIFA because FIFA is is also keeping a lot of this these funds, and they feel like these owners feel like they're not getting their fair share. That could be right or wrong perspective. It's just maybe they want UEFA and FIFA to be more transparent so that the funds that are there trickle down in a better way, right? So I feel like the wrong approach, the wrong time, the wrong rollout, but I I can see that one, owners want to make more money for sure, but they also are testing boundaries, and it might make it so FIFA is a little bit more democratic and more transparent in the long run to show that we're not here for the money grab ourselves. Look what we're doing. So I'm interested to see that. And I think you bring up a good point, Chris, that this is only a test to see what the next iteration of a Super League can be. Maybe it's not a guarantee of 20 years, make it more palatable to like a few years and then open it up to be more integrated within the pyramid system. I think there are versions of this that can work. They're, I think, using it so that the Champions League is bettered. People forget that the reason FIFA exists and the World Cup exists is because football, soccer wasn't taken seriously by the Olympics, right? And, you know, they were shunned and they created this whole association and a new event pushing the boundaries of sport So. It's just, that's the way I see it. I try to take a step back and and see what's really going on. There's greed, but I also, what I do like is that the fans spoke and they don't agree with it and they force the hand of the owners to do what they want and and what traditionally has worked and they feel like it's a meritocracy. And I don't want to get into an argument of a true meritocracy would be salary caps, which is what we have at MLS, but then we have closed system here. So it's, it's just, you know, different aspects and different thoughts and different ideas of how to have a competitive league, which you can say that a lot of the top five leagues are not necessarily competitive. they become a little predictable.
0: This is to me is kind of a classic example of most football organizations are run by people that are not football supporters. They're run by business people. Business people are used to making cold, calculated, impersonal, unpopular business decisions that are profitable. They're used to people stomaching those decisions because it makes people more money. And if more money's coming in, everyone seems to put up with things that we might otherwise find morally gray. And that tends to be universally applicable across most giant corporations. So when you have these uber successful businessmen that are running these clubs, they're perfectly used to doing things that are unpopular to try and make an extra buck. And I just don't think it ever occurred to them that the response would go this far. You know, Uh, hopefully it shakes them some things up at UEFA. Hopefully, you know, it causes a fairer system for the fans and everyone going forward. I think, you know, seeing the best clubs pay the best clubs is something the fans want. And if there's an extra competition that brings some of that, I don't think anyone is opposed to an extra competition, an extra cup, one more thing to watch. I think if it's done the right way, it could be very successful, but this was an incredibly poor way of executing it. But anyway, that's my two cents on it. We have much better things to talk about. And that is, of course, the experience of someone who has been integral in the creation of a supporters group, taking it all the way through its infancy into its first game. It's a story that, frankly, we have heard many, many times on the show, but it has always been through the lens of Los Angeles, through the lens of the black and gold. It's going to be so fascinating for us to see the overlaying story of Austin FC and their rise. And so, so thankful we are today to have Jay Torres with us, who is an original starting 11 capo and board member with the Los Verdes SG, who is joining us today to talk about the experience of Austin FC, and everything that has taken them all the way through to this past weekend and beyond. Uh, so once again, Mr. Torres, thank you so much for joining us this evening.
3: Yeah, thanks. Before we get started, I'm just gonna say it's verde, Verde than black, not green. green.
2: <laughs> it's, oh, yeah. good to know. Better <laughs> than black. It's verde.
3: It's verde. I know. I mean, it's taken us some. And some of us still want to want to say green, but it's verde. It's almost verdes. It's it's uh, that's the official. It's you know. Right, Verde is that is the is the official quote. Austin FC. but yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, where do you want me to start? I mean, I've got so much to like that's in my brain about this whole process.
0: So why don't we start where football enters your life? Where do you fall in love with the beautiful game, for it to become something that is such an integral part of your life?
3: Yeah. So uh, I, I, you know, I live in Austin. I've I, I moved here 22 years ago, but before that, I grew up in South Texas in the Rio Grande Valley. My parents are, you know, my mom and my grandparents son de Mexico, son Mexicanos. In our house was Liga MX and y El Tri on, on TV all the time. And it, it's just it's just part of who it is. I mean, on Saturday nights, it was Salvo Gigante with Don Francisco. And on Sundays, it was Liga MX. And when El Tri was playing, everyone stopped and you watched Mexico play. It just became a part of me. I mean back home we don't have a team and in Texas we didn't have a team so you know a lot of my family you know they're either from Monterrey or they're from you know Mexico and you know America fans and Chivas fans from Guadalajara or Rayados fans back home in the valley but we never had an actual team when I came to Austin I started watching EPL I would you know I I, I love soccer I'd wake up early and and I started to realize, even back then, this was 20, 20 years ago, I was like, there's a lot of people in this town that love soccer. You know, we'd go up to these pubs at 6 in the morning and, you know, we watch Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea and all that stuff. And that's where it, it just started to come. It, you know, I love I love the game. I love everything about it. I love how it's played, when it's played the right way. The, the technical aspect of it and when there's fluidity and, and and everyone's on the same page and the players look like a flock of birds just going up and down the field and it's and it, you're doing it the right way I like i go that's that's gorgeous that's a that's what it's all about then little by little i found friends that all believed and found you know had the same interest in as i did and it's austin texas for
2: you so at one point you arrive at, at austin um and you're you know you're going to watch these pub games but when do you have this interest in, in coaching at Round Rock Soccer Association? So
3: my kids, like I said, when my kids started to walk, I said, All right, you guys are gonna play soccer. You know, just you're gonna do something. I don't care what you do, but let's start let's start with soccer. And they start playing soccer and you know, they fall in love with it. And like I said earlier, when I first met you guys, you know, they played different sports. They played baseball, they played basketball. My older son was in boxing and and both my sons, who are now teenagers now, that one love, that one passion, that one thing, you know, they can't live without is soccer, football. This pandemic, for the first part of it, was was hard on them because they couldn't play. I couldn't coach. That was my release. Like, I got two full-time jobs. You know, I work for a major computer company. I have my own business. But four times a week during the week, from 6 to 8 o'clock, let's go play some soccer. Let's just go play some you know, let's play some soccer, let's learn let's laugh, let's play, let's get you tired. let's get you excited about our game that comes up on Saturday. And when this pandemic hit, it was gone. <laughs> and and that, you know, I, like my boys were really, really sad and frustrated and they' were like, what do we do dad? I was like, well, you know what I, I don't know what to tell you because there's a lot of craziness going on in this world and I don't have an answer for you. And now that you know little by little we're getting we're getting back in it. My youngest son, he just made his middle school team. My older son is playing when he's not playing. He's he's a referee for younger kids now because he just likes being on the pitch. He just likes being there. And they they pay him. And when they pay a 15 year old to be around soccer, it's kind of a plus for him, too.
1: (laughs) So once you moved to Austin, right, and Uh did you continue just watching primarily the EPL in the Liga MX, or did you ever watch the MLS or was that not really on your radar until Austin was F- no, announced?
3: No I, I started watching right around I guess when Dynamo when Dynamo started dominating and won those championships 10-12 years ago whenever that was and I was like oh that's cool you know I, I, I'm a big in general I'm a big Houston sp- sports fan so it kind of made sense for me to like be like maybe claim the Dynamo and watch the Dynamo so I kept an eye on the Dynamo I didn't really like like follow the dynamo i don't know i i guess maybe it was because the lack of exposure for mls and maybe the marketing wasn't as as it should be it was just looked at as i don't know and it wasn't probably until probably 2014 or 2015 my brother claimed he showed me a a tweet from 2014 where him and i started talking about austin being a soccer city a potential soccer city and i was like yeah man i mean i go to these tournaments every week with my boys This People everywhere from different cultures and, and different backgrounds and different, you know, financial backgrounds. And uh, they all come together on the weekend and they play soccer. So following EPL, following Mexico, and then following MLS by the side, and then finally thinking, you know what? This I don't think any other major sport may work in Austin, but soccer would work here. I know it will because for so long, Austin soccer fans have been hanging in the shadows going, we've always been here. Now you're about to see us and it's about to explode and it's good. We're going to, it's going to be one hell of a summer.
0: So when was the first time that Austin FC sort of came on the radar for you? Did you hear Uh, about it as many of us did? For me?
3: Yeah. For, sorry, for me, it was the day Grant Wall and his tweet about pre-court potentially moving. I I remember that day I I got up out of my chair, out of my desk and I called like four or five people. I said, do you see this? Do you see this? They're like, Oh my this, it's gonna it, it could happen it could happen and i do understand how some people I, I did kind of feel like uh it's kind of shady taking somebody's team but i get it i i, I get it i mean it, it you t- you touched on it earlier john about it's a business. It's business. At the end of the day, it's business.
0: You are talking to Lakers and Dodgers fans, right? So we do know a <laughs> little something about this. It's,
3: it's be, Look, right. And I'm a, I'm a, so like I said, I, I'm a big Houston sports fan. I'm a Tennessee Titans fan in American football. And they, and they, that team left Houston and I followed them. And then uh, I'm a huge Tennessee Titans fan. And a lot of people, a lot of my family who are from Houston or, you know, they cheer for the Texans. They're like, how could you do that? I'm like, because that's the one love I've always had. I mean, I'm just going to follow my colors in my team. I don't, I mean, just because uh, they call it Tennessee Titans doesn't change how much I adore this team. So I saw both sides. I could see both sides were like, oh, don't take somebody's team. And I was like, yeah, what are you going to do? I mean, it's business. What are you going to do? I mean, it's going to happen no matter what I, what I say. And at the end of the day, it worked out. Columbus and their crew and their passionate fans got to keep their team and then, and we got ours and we got ours and we deserve the team and Columbus deserved to keep their team and their colors and everything about it. And they got a new stadium out of it too. So
1: I, you know, and I'm, I'm actually really happy too that Columbus didn't get moved and rebranded, right? Because yeah. that would then just open the door for other teams. And I really want the MLS to turn into a league where the teams that are there identify with the city right. and they share that same right. vision as in, all the European leagues and leagues in South America and things like that, right? Where those are teams that are never going to, are there are foundations for their cities and their communities, and you don't have to worry about them ever leaving you. And
3: yeah, and that's the way it should be. And, and, and like I said,
1: I'm really glad at the end of the day that Columbus got to
3: keep their team. Uh, they should keep their team. The people that I've seen on, you know, on Twitter and on Instagram, you know, with the hashtag save the crew, I feel it. I, I I totally get it. I totally understand. And I'm, and I'm glad it worked out and it's going to make for a fun little rivalry whenever we play them, because they're going to say, Oh, you tried to take my team. And I'm like, well, no, you, you, if we really want to look at it, you almost let your team leave. I, I didn't take, I, I wasn't trying to take your team. You almost let your team leave. There's a difference. So it, it should be fun. And, and Columbus should, you know, be like the green Bay Packers of the NFL. I mean, it's a small market, but everyone wears yellow and black in that city. And you know who their, their who their soccer team
2: is. It was August twenty second, twenty eighteen, when Precourt Sports yeah. Ventures unveiled their name and crest. You no, know, describe that day. How did you feel? So
3: yeah, I got an invite to that. I think the day of, a buddy of mine texts me says, "Hey, are you busy tonight?" I was like, "No." I was like, oh, "What are you going to drink some beer? What are you we doing?" He's like, "Hey, we're all um, I do you want to come to the to the logo unveiling? That you know that pre courts gonna unveil their their logo. I was Like, yeah, let's do it. And that was a surreal moment, and and one of the many surreal moments in the, in this whole journey to see that. And then they had hats, and they had you know they had shirts, and I was like, wow, this is really this could really this is really gonna happen. But even then, there's still doubts. You know, there's still doubts that this might not work, and you know it'll be a nice little souvenir. Like, oh, look at the the Austin FC soccer shirt that never happened and i have one kind of thing you always had doubts i mean i had doubts until the and, and up until saturday when the whistle was about to blow okay i was like please just kick the ball once you kick the ball that means it's happening <laughs> it's happening you know just like having cash in your hand like the money in your hand okay i, I believe you now. the money's in my hand that was a surreal moment i mean and i and then just there's just blocks and blocks and blocks of stuff like that that so, moment has
0: a term associated with it though that has become somewhat integral right because this is where bright verde comes bright to be right that's, that's that's the moment of that yeah. that term was presented to you that so was bright verde bright. for people who don't understand what bright verde is can you take us through what that means to you and how it's become an sg bright
3: verde was was like i am um, and the logo you know coming from the butler brothers the butler brothers did an amazing job creating this crest it, it, it it's very if you've ever been to Austin Texas we love our parks we love our greens, we love our green belts we love everything about hikes and rivers and you know it, it's very much a, a very outdoorsy city so for the color to be green it makes a lot of sense right now it's springtime in Austin and everywhere you go it's green it's green and, and to be And then for him to say, okay, it's not green, it's bright verde. That was like, well, that's huge because there's a bunch of Raza on this side of of the city who are going to catch on to that. Yeah, It's not because this team is not necessarily just for the people of North Austin and the people of South Austin, the people west—it's for you know west—it's everybody. If you look at that logo, it's got four roots, or one for each part of the city. If you look at the leaves, it's got eleven leaves. That's for every single guy on the pitch. It's got two trees. It's actually two trees that are intertwined. If you look at the at the at the, they're intertwined, and one is the city, and one is the club, and then it makes you know the logo, the logo to be, and then with the big white, bright white. Austin letters on the top, it's, it's, it's a, it's a symbol of pride. And I'm, board, I'm supposed to go, I'm, I'm probably getting a tattoo here in, in the next few weeks, probably. Yeah. There you go. Just like that one. I don't know where I'm going to get mine yet though. I don't know if I'm going to get it on my arm or on my leg. I'm not sure yet, but the Butler brothers, the guys who created that, they knocked it out of the park.
2: Well, so 2018 was when the club and the crest were kind of announced as a project, but it wasn't until January 15, 2019, where Austin FC was officially announced and as an MLS club, right? Right. And then it is a new ownership group that's formed the Twin Oaks Ventures. It's the first major professional sports team in Austin. How is that received in the city apart from just Um, the football faithful?
3: I think that's when a lot of it started to get real for some people. We had a big party downtown. You know, Alexi Lalas was here. He was our MC. Don Garber was here. He made the, you know, his presence known, and we we sarcastically chanted at Garber as he came in and said, "Take our money, take our money." I, I'm paraphrasing what he said. But he was like, "Well, I've never heard that chant before, but I like it." And I was like, "Well, yeah, bro. We're we want our club, man. We'll we, we'll do anything for taking take take it." Cause we're, we are thirsty for soccer in the city. And that was, I think that's when it first started to become real for a lot of us that are like, okay, this is actually going to happen.
0: There was a, a certain man with a famous Texas drawl that was introduced right at that same time was part of that ownership group. Was it not?
3: Oh Yeah. That's Maddie. That's uh Matthew McConaughey. He's, he's become a good friend of Los Vedas and, uh, and a, a lot of, you know, he's, he's Austin, Texas through and through, um, He's a good guy. I he I can tell it's a lot of sincerity when he says this is not just a, a hobby. This is like something he's really really passionate about. Because with like a lot of us, he loves the city. He he loves this state. He loves our area of the country and the world. And for him to kind of share it and say, look what a beautiful, crazy, and passionate city we have, and this is ours. And when he when they announced him, I was there too. When when they announced him being you know, partial owner and a minister of culture. I was like, this is a slam dunk. This is, it's no brainer. I mean, this is who, this is who should be the, our Will Ferrell, if you will. You know, this is, this, it's, that's exactly who it should be. I mean, Matthew McConaughey is Austin, Texas.
0: So we know this is, at this point in time, it's official. Austin, Texas has an MLS team, ML, right. major league. Major this is the first time in the history of the city of Austin that y'all have had a major league team. Now, there were other football teams there, Aztecs FC, Austin Bold FC, you know, so it's not like there weren't professional teams. But this is, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't this the first major league team the city's had?
3: This, Yeah, this it's the first major league, you know, major sport a team that we have. Like you said, we have, we still have, we still currently have USL. We have Austin Bold are still playing in South Austin. We had uh USL two, I think it was, well, it was the Aztecs, the Aztecs who eventually became Orlando, the way we look at it. And we used to go to Aztecs games and we used to support them and they played on a high school football field and we would pack it out and then go to the beer garden. And you know, that, but it wasn't, it, it was never a major league team. And there's a lot of people that have that are moving to this town or have moved to this town and will keep moving to this town. And this is something, whether you're from California or you're from Florida or you're from New York or you're from Chicago and you somehow found yourself down in Austin and you've implanted, you set your roots down. And this is something we all can choose, you know, we all can cheer together. This is your team, this is my team. Whether you've been here two years, 10 years, or you're a unicorn and you're an original Austinite. This is our team. And it's it's it's, it's exactly what it's what it's doing. It's it's Los Verdes, we hang out and people from different walks of life and culture who this team had not come we would not be hanging out we wouldn't be sharing we wouldn't be going on trips to, you know los angeles and and sharing rooms and having the best time of our lives it, it I've, I've met so many great people and it, that have brought us all together and it's exactly what we envisioned when we said this club would bring the city together and that's exactly what it's doing
1: so let's talk a little bit about the front office and the team formation right so you have claudio reyna u.s men's national team legend he's your sporting director also josh wolf who uh you know used to play for bob bradley also made some appearances for the u.s men's national team he's your head coach and you've got two of your three dp spots filled with tomas pochettino and cecilio dominguez so tell me about you know we'll go one by one tell me a little bit about Claudio Reyna, right what you guys saw and how you guys felt once uh, you found out Claudio was uh, picked for the job.
3: When we found out that Claudio was going to be our man in charge, we're like, wow. That I mean, the fact that we we can lure him away from New York City FC and and he's willing to come to Austin, he's willing to start fresh. That's that's how we knew we're like, OK, like ownership is taking this really serious They're They're all of, you know, that's that's a right step in the right direction that we want to go in. And then you follow that up and you announce way a year and a half ago that Josh Wolf was going to be our, our boss on the, on, on the pitch. That's him and Claudio working together. I was like, yeah, this is, it's got, it's, it's got the markings of something that can be really, really good. And then you see that the, the DPs that they've signed the two of the three uh, Tomas, you know, Tomas being from Argentina and there was teams down there that wanted him too, and, and we all bit them and we got him, and, He's impressed, and his preseason games, he did some stuff. I was like, well, that's 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 per class right there. That's pretty good. Uh, Cecilio, Cecilio is a beast. He plays his heart out, and 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 I'm so glad that he's on our team. And he enjoys our city. I've seen him out, and he's enjoying the city with his family. He's made for Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas was made for Cecilio. His experience with America and Liga MX, and and with the Paraguayan national team and all that stuff. So those two are, are, are perfect fits. We have a third. And from what I hear from Josh Wolf, what we hear is that that third may come in the summer after when that window opens again. And maybe that's when it gets exciting. And cause I, I don't think really we have a big, big name, like the splash, especially in, in this market where it's Hispanic and Mexicans a lot, you know, you know, well, I don't, there may be a, a, a Mexican national player that that comes. Um, no,
0: Messi could look good in green.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's true too. But uh, <laughs> he have to take a major pay cut. <laughs> I was like you know, you know, I don't know. Austin, Texas might. I mean, Austin, Texas sells itself. Uh, he may say, you know what? Yeah, I'll
2: come. I'll come live in Austin. It's fine.
3: Get out of this whole Barcelona mess and this whole European scandal over here, and get out of here.
2: And there's low taxes.
3: And there's low no taxes. That's that's correct. There's no taxes. That's always a perk. That's what you, uh, all you Californians, keep moving here, man.
0: Yeah, taxes here not not so nice. The team has a pretty good mix of veterans and youngsters. I I really like the way it's been put together so far. I think Claudio Reyna's done a pretty yeah. good job. It's yeah. been evident on the pitch so far and some of the results. But what also has been pretty impressive is the supporter culture that has developed around the team as well too. So. You know, why don't you take us a little bit through, you know, kind of what defines your SG, how your SG came to be, and maybe touch on some of the other SGs that have risen up around you and maybe just kind of clarify for the black and gold community, you know, what terms like La Murga, the Austin Anthem, Burnt Orange Brigade, you know, Oak Army of New Brunfell, which uh, you know to me sounds like I don't know something out of Lord of the Rings, but uh, <laughs> just kind of curious to hear
3: <laughs> when all this started rolling. You know, like when uh, the logo unveiling and, and the announcement with Garber. A lot of us, or most of us, were all part of of Austin Anthem. Austin Anthem was here. You know, they started the ball rolling. A lot of our leadership that was with Austin Anthem we left in 2020. Still love nothing but respect for Austin Anthem. They're helping sport grow in our city and we're all going to pull in one direction because we there's one thing that we're, we're all passionate about and we share about and that's and that's the club and, and and the verde and black in 2020 we started los verdes los verdes is all about community and football we want to take care of each other and take care of our city and just keep pushing what we've always thought the city is and ensure that uh and then we ha- then we have other supporters sgs like uh, burnt orange brigade that we're friends with there that's a bunch of a uh, university of texas students oak army and new Bromfels. that is a small community outside of san antonio between here and san antonio it's a german community so that's where new Braunfels comes from and they're they're a lot of fun they're a lot of great help and then and they plan you know to, to be there in the supporters section and and cheering with all of us we see what what's happened with you guys and how it's all it's yeah there's different sg's and then you know there's different groups but it's all it's all one thing and you know it's 3252 and it's all for the black and gold and we if we can even come anywhere close to that then we're going to succeed i sincerely mean this when when people go you know when, when they start talking about it like oh if you guys you guys should go and, and be like the 3252 i go honestly we want to be better than the 3252 we want to be better they set the bar we've got to get higher We've got to get higher, and then there's going to be a team behind us that sees errors, and someone, and and if hopefully one day if we're blessed, someone goes, you guys should be like the supporters groups in in Austin, and that supporters group should go, we're we should be better, and that's how that's that's only how the league's going to get better and better and better and better and better if we do it respectively, and we go, yeah, they're cool, let's aim higher, let's aim higher, and let's be better, not because I, I you know as a slap in the face or anything, but if we do that, then the league. And, and the whole sport in the country thrives. And that, that should be the one major.
1: Collectively, collectively, you know, I'm sure that anyone would see uh, the 3252 is like, oh, look at the stuff that Austin's doing. Let's let's try and step our game up too. And then collectively, right. everybody rises Every, up. Yeah, everybody better. rises.
3: Everybody rises. Yeah. So you know? d- does
1: Austin, the supporter groups in Austin, you guys don't have a collective name, how like the 3252 no, days. Without, no, no, no. Oh,
3: we, okay. we, we don't necessarily have an umbrella yet because another SG, and that's, that it, and it, and it's more of the band, and that's and I'm also part of the uh, as a capo with the, with them too is La Murga La Murga de Austin and La Murga de Austin is compiled of these talented kick-ass people who love to play music, who love football, and when you combine the both, you know um, el Carnaval we it, it's going to be a party with brass and trumpets and trombones and bombos and repiques and. And you know it's going to be that sound of samba that you hear for the for the full ninety, and and then you throw in chants in there, in English and in Spanish. It's gonna it's gonna be something pretty 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 special. We're lucky that we live in the live music capital of the world. So musicians are, you know, you just pick up a rock, you'll throw it out the window, you'll hit a musician. They're they're everywhere here. As we keep going, we imagine that they're they're gonna. More musicians are going to see that, you know, see what's going on and they're going to go, whoa, I didn't know that was happening. I want to do that. I want to play with that. And that's how we've done it. We started two years ago. We started La Burga. I think there was four of us. I was a capo. There was a guy on Repique. Somebody was playing a snare or five of us and a couple of guys on on, on trumpet. Now we've got like 45, 50 full roster musicians, drums, brass and capos, lead capos. I'm one lead capo, but there's other capos who are just some of the baddest dudes who love our city and love and and love this team. And and we've got nowhere to go but straight up. And with their with, with them and them leading us, I think we'll do it.
2: You're, you're painting a picture of a really intricate and awesome game day experience. And fun fact for me, actually, La Murca is my favorite salsa song. Hector labo shout out to him. <laughs> May he rest in peace. Um, but can you describe uh, what Q2 stadium looks like? I feel like you've had the experience of being yeah. able to be in there before a match kicks uh, off, but you know, there's a supporter section, there's the stadium amenities, uh, describe some of those things that, that the owners have been able to put together for those listeners of the show. Shoulder yeah. Shoulder
3: so, so Gessler who made bank also built ours. When I walked into bank, I was like, gal. Yeah, you know, for the first time the other, the other day, I was like, I, you can see the little similarities. I'm like, some of the stuff in the structure and architecture. Every seat in Q2 is gonna be covered from the sun. It was purposely built that way. It's not like Houston or Dallas, where if you're watching a game in the middle of July and August, I've I've lived in those cities. It's hot, it's hot. And if, I mean, it's no fun. The supporters section is steep. I'm standing only, it's over 3000. I, I forget the number all the time, but, and it's loud. It's loud, it's, it's gonna be loud. As, you know really really loud in there the acoustics we've been practicing in there trying to get it right see like where on the wall because we're going to call it the verde wall or it maybe whatever because it's it's just a, it's just gonna be a big wall and you know the acoustics are really good it's state of the art they built a, a kick ass just stadium the pitch is perfect i'm a little biased i mean it could have been the ugliest thing in the world but you know what it's our home and we're going to defend it every week
2: i have a suggestion maybe in muro verde for you uh, for that for that section, but what about the amenities? Like, what what would you describe? I mean, like the food, the 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 different premium. Well, yeah, sections. the food's
3: the food's gonna be incredible. I mean, I was like, man, I was like, you know, we're gonna have barbecue. We're gonna have Valentina's barbecue there. If you've never had Valentina's, when you come to Texas, come have some Valentina's barbecue. We're gonna have Salt Lake barbecue. We're gonna have Torchy's taco. It's gonna be Austin, Texas. It's 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 it's. I, I don't know. I keep saying that, but everything that's being done with with the stadium. From top to bottom is all about Austin. It, it's about the food and the culture and the people. And they've listened to us. They've they asked us what we wanted in the stadium. We're like, well, what kind of food do you want? What kind of beer do you want? What kind of all and, and what have you? And they, and for the most part, the ownership has listened to us. And and that's, and then for that, that we're, you know, we're pretty grateful about that. Yeah, there's just going to be a lot of food in there, man. <laughs> You're talking about amenities. It's, it's, it's going to be, uh, I, I'm going to be like, well, I, I, I got to eat maybe an hour and a half before, because I'm going to be fool
0: at game time if I try to eat right before. The collaboration between the front office and the supporters group sort of brings us back to that idea of a supporter section and supporters groups and what you guys have been able to create prior to game one and some of the videos we've seen ahead of time of a healthy amount of chance you all have put together the band yeah. seems to be pretty well-coordinated, has its music together. You know, you guys are popping smoke. We've seen Trappos getting busted out. I know the yeah. TIFO game is going to be on point when the stadium opens. Enough said about that. But you guys have a phrase behind it all of, we're going to keep it weird as hell. And I was oh, yeah. curious if you could kind of touch on that and what that means to the supporters and the energy and the vibe that they're going to bring to the MLS.
3: Yeah, uh, it's in, uh, we're going to keep it weird as hell. Somos de Austin, somos de Austin, Texas, and we're going to keep it weird as hell. That's, again, that's that's the culture that the city has. When you move to Austin, it's kind of like an expected thing. You gotta, you've gotta got to accept that phrase. If not, you're not going to fit in. You know, you be weird, let them be weird, let everybody be weird, and then we all hang out and nobody judges anybody. We all love each other. Nobody, you know, you be weird all you want, bro, or sister. It's all one love, and we're gonna keep it weird as hell in that song on one of our chants. It makes a lot of sense for it to be in there because we are gonna keep it weird as hell. We're gonna do some crazy, crazy stuff in that supporter section. We're gonna do stuff that no one, someone's gonna go. Oh, what didn't I think of that? Oh, why didn't we do that? Oh, you know, there, there's some things that we just. I don't know if you guys saw, but like at the game, we had uh, a plane flying over with, uh, with the message. I said, "Hi, how are you?" Vamos verdes hasta la muerte. I think I'm paraphrasing. I can't remember exactly what it said. And we did that because we were like, we didn't, we didn't think we were going to be able to get into the game. And so so we did it to like, okay, how do we show the players that we're out here and we know that, you know, let them know, hey, we're we're here for you. Eventually we got in the game. So it was kind of kind of like a mood point. But this thing is we're gonna do stuff that maybe nobody's ever done before, or never had, ever had the the you know, the cojones to do, and then we're gonna keep it weird as hell. We're gonna do stuff that Okay. You think it's funny? Well, yeah, we think it's great and we're going to do it. Why? Because we we don't care what anybody else thinks. We're going to keep it weird.
0: Well, I hope you guys do keep it weird in the stands, but out in the community, you guys have already been involved in a lot of charitable efforts and a lot of good work out in the community. Some of the things that have crossed our paths here in Los Angeles are terms like Veres Against Racism, the Austin Justice Coalition, I remember seeing a bunch of scarves going around online with uh, Y'all Means All, which was I think right. a collaboration with Plastics SG. We know you guys were helping out with Central Texas Food Banks. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of stuff to get involved in out in the community right away before you've even kicked the first ball. Something right. very near and dear to the hearts of the SG's here in LA. And if you could speak on your charitable efforts.
3: Yeah, again, because Los Verdes is about football and community. Comunidad. Yeah, we love our soccer team. Yeah, we love our city but we also love the people in our city and we take care of each other. And we're going to do that by any means necessary. And if that means, you know, Vetas against racism or, you know, the, our collaboration with the Austin Austin justice coalition where we, we had bandanas and we sold those bandanas. We didn't ask for any profit. We didn't want anything. It was all for them. Cause it's not, it's not about making money. It's not about us getting a profit of, of a, off a charity. It's about us showing support, and, and letting people see that, hey, there's this problem, there's these issues, but if we do it all and if we attack it and, and take care of it together, we, maybe we can solve it one day, little by little, one day at a time. Y'all means all, uh, again, that's, we have, y'all means all is in one of our chants too. It's it's a 7-4, seven, 7-4 four. Seven, four was the, uh, the city council vote. And so in our 7-4, we have y'all means all and Austin, here we go. Yeah, it's just like, again, it, it's, it's it's an Austin thing and, it's, and it should be a whole world thing where, you know, y'all means all, love is love and let's all get together and have a good time and not judge each other and let's all be real and, and take care of them and then we have the, the food bank during pandemic when you know when people were losing their jobs and 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 people were getting furloughed and stuff and people were struggling to just put food on the table and we we're like hey well if some of us have it let's share it let's let's take care of each other that's what we do in Austin
0: Texas uh, in addition to doing work in the community y- y'all are doing work in a brewery as well too you got <laughs> zapatista from hop squad brewing yeah, which see. is your own custom beer
3: already yeah. so again again so this was in the middle uh of pandemic, we reached out to Hop Squad, who has been behind us since the very beginning, and they've given us nothing but support. And to Greg and everybody there at the at Hop Squad, you know, one love. Yeah, we have we have a. They they said, hey, do we want a collaboration? You know, collab and and have a beer named you know with Los Vedas on it. We're like, sure. And we told them just under one condition. They were like, yeah, what's up? We don't make any money off of it. We don't want we don't we don't want any profits. You guys are struggling. You're a brewery. You're a, a small business here in Austin. We don't, we don't want any, we don't want anybody. You put in our logo and, and telling other people about us is spreading, that's good enough for us. Man. You know, we'll share the name of, in the gospel of Hop Squad and you're doing us a favor by putting our logo on that beer. And we didn't ask for anything into it. We didn't want anything in, in return. We just wanted to help the small business, the small business that's taking care of us. And now it's become like our home base. The brewery is probably like half a mile away from the stadium. You can. Go into the parking lot and you can see the stadium. It's right there around Q two. I I love I've lost count, but I think there's like nine, ten breweries within like a two mile radius. So when you guys come, whether it be in July or September or whenever it is, yeah, you guys are gonna go, Wow, this is a great place. This, this is exactly where this stadium should be.
1: Away days are the best days, as they always say, right? Oh yeah,
3: I mean, no, I can tell you that. But I can tell you about my I mean I'll be in
0: Texas in a couple of weeks for the same reason, but I'm definitely not missing the trip to Austin FC. That's, that's going to be an away day for sure. We yeah. want to be there. You guys were, you know, I think there's yeah, some kindred spirits I, at the moment. Yeah.
3: If I, if I can talk on that really quick, just briefly props to the, props to all you guys in the 3250, you guys, nothing but class, man. It was, it was nothing but respect. We had countless guys just come up to us and say, Hey, you know, thanks for coming. Thank, you know welcome to the league we're so happy for you guys have fun you know I, I was telling a couple of guys I was like you guys are gonna cry because you haven't been in bank in a year I'm gonna cry because I've never we've never seen our, our club play at all I said let's all cry together <laughs> let's have a good time but nothing but respect for the 3252 the district 9 ultras and all those guys I, I, I met nothing but love nothing but fun and when you guys come back and you guys come to Texas and we'll 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 show some of that uh, texas hospitality for sure
1: so leading up right you guys played 6 preseason matches most of them were pretty local to the geography of where austin is located okc energy louisville city houston dynamo fc dallas san antonio and rio grande valley and then of course you had your match against lafc Mm -hmm. um so you know looking at who you played locally who do you guys feel like is probably your biggest rival? Is it Houston? Is it FC Dallas? Is it going to be Columbus? As you had just talked about, you know, who is that, you know, that rival or what's that match on your calendar that you've absolutely circled and been like, this is going to be a good one.
3: It's probably Houston personally, for me, it's Houston, just the proximity. You know, they're, they're two hours East of us, FC Frisco. Not Dallas because they're they're not in Dallas.
1: <laughs> That's the you know we have, we know that it's yeah the same it's thing. Just Carson Carson, just like Carson and... is
3: exactly what it is, brother. It's exactly what it is. Frisco, you know, I I can see us getting you know a lot. I mean, just in general, a lot of people from Dallas don't like Austin. A lot of people from Austin don't like Dallas because we're just two different cultures in two different cities. But at the end of the day, we're still Texans, so we have got that for us. But I think it'll be Dynamo. I think what there's a there's going to be a good a good rivalry between the. You know, us in the than Black and those candy corns from Houston, Texas.
2: You briefly mentioned your visit to the bank. Apart from the great treatment from the 3052 and the fans, what else did you like about the city of L.A.? L.A. is
3: always, always a good time. This is like, the you know, I've been to L.A. before and I always have a good time. And you know, of course, when you're on, you know, away games are always fun. But the people are great. People are nice. I had some good Korean food multiple times. Lots of drinks and suju and just the people, you know. Just the people are, you know. There's a lot of a lot of similarities between Los Angeles, California, and Austin, Texas. It's the same vibe, you know. It's it's hip, it's new, it's 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 every, you know. It's a little bigger. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. Los Angeles is huge. Oh my God, it takes you a, a day and a half to get somewhere. But you know, overall, it, it's a great place, and well, and we'll be back. We'll be back for sure.
0: You guys had quite a day match day didn't you? you started at central market you guys went to the broad and then you had a big meetup on mlk before you guys came in so yeah, yeah, what was yeah. that like and the ticket scramble and trying to get yourselves that, in it. Did everyone that get was in?
3: that was one of our one of our leaders of Los Vedas Katie props to her she's if she's gonna listen she led us and we we yeah we went we went to central market we took a picture at the broad then we we hustled to get to MLK So we could light our smokes and wave the flags as our buses and our team players, you know, as our players showed up. We looked in our trackers and I I think we walked 13 miles that day, just all over the city, all over from, you know, from from running from train to train, catching a bus and all this other stuff. And at the end of, you know, we went to Santa Monica at the end of the day to go celebrate and we partied on the beach and we are like, you know, we just had an MLS soccer. We went everywhere. We we did everything we could and just, it was one of the longest days of my life, but it was one of the greatest days of my life. Just a full day of fun, excitement. Again, everywhere we went, Los Angeles was great. Made even better by, you know, the 3252 welcoming us with, with open arms and saying, welcome, welcome to
0: LA. Well, hopefully you enjoyed, not the result, but the experience, nice. TIFO, culture. You know, I'm kind of curious your thoughts of uh, a half-empty 3252, what you thought of the supporters oh, and all that.
3: Yeah, man. I was, I, I was talking to my buddies and I was like, you know, there was only like 25% of them in there. <laughs> I was like, it was loud. I go, and then I go, oh, that, that's, that's that's the way it should be. And I go, imagine when this place is full at night at 8 o'clock. Oh, on it's,
1: it's, it's unreal. I'm t- I yeah. love it. You, know you can like, stand, you'll stand like on, so right. That's on the campus of USC. You could stand over like well into campus and you will hear it, dude. You're it here. Is, it's loud. Yeah, I was
3: like, I was like, man, I, I go, I want to come back at night on a Saturday or something. We you know when there's 20,000 crazy Californians and Angelinos just going nuts. Yeah. So that uh, I was, I was really impressed with that. It was, it was, it was great.
0: So we know just like LAFC's inaugural season, Y'all have a string of seven road games. I think that's a record to ever start a season seven road games, or at least amongst the most ever. Sadly, the first win and the first goal didn't happen for you guys. Well, happily for us, but sadly for you, it didn't happen this past weekend. Do we think it's going to be this coming weekend? What do you think in these seven games are going to be the marquee matches?
3: I hope, so. I, I, you know, I, selfishly, I really hope so. Um, my uh, my oldest son, you know, talking about my old my kids earlier, the first thing he said, he's like, "Sorry, Dad." He goes, but at least we'll get to watch the first win and the first goal together. I'm taking my boys to Colorado with me on Thursday. I was like, that's a good point. Yeah, I think we have a good, a very good chance of us of getting a result and, and our first ever goal. And, it, and, it, and if it's, we're all going to sit in the corner at Dick Sporting Goods. They stick us in the corner there. We've talked about it. I was like, great would it be if that's actually the side that we score on and he run and whoever scores and runs up to us and, and is right in front of us there at, at Dick Sporting Goods. Hopefully, fingers crossed. We'll see.
1: So, you know, you guys play on your road trip, Minnesota, sporting Kansas City. You come back to LA to see the Galaxy, Nashville, mm-hmm. and Seattle. Nashville and Seattle. Do you, do they you come back to plan? Carson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they got to find LAX, right? And then they get on right. a train and go right. south to um, find the train. Yeah. So, are you going to any other matches other than Colorado are you going
3: to all of them or no no I'm, da- I'm gonna go to Colorado and then I'm gonna play cool for a while and get ready for our our home you know schedule because we're you know a lot of away heavy games you know you guys saw this when you guys came in we're gonna have a lot of games in the summer home games so I will have to prepare for that we do have a lot of those veterans that are that are traveling to Minnesota a lot uh, some are going to to Nashville I know a few of them are trying to get to Seattle I mean Seattle is on the other side of the world from Austin, Texas, so we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I I just plan to go to Colorado, but we have quite a few guys that are in Giles that are going to go to uh both uh, Minnesota, Nashville, and Kansas City.
1: So it's it's actually an interesting group. your last match in August is against FC Dallas, then you play Houston, and then it's LAFC again. So I think that the end of summer might be a really really fun time for you guys. You have oh well, yeah, that-
3: that's good. It- Hopefully, like I said, if the team play, start, if the boys start, you know, playing and playing together and, and, and improve on what they did this past Saturday. Yeah. You said FC Dallas. I mean, FC Frisco should be a fun way to start off that week and then uh, bring on those candy corns. And, and then, yeah. And then, well, maybe we can, uh, we can get a good result against the black and gold. And then uh, that's when, that's when maybe the league will go, oh, they're here. Welcome to. Maybe you'll
1: have it. Maybe you'll have a new DP on that roster too. That's
3: true. That yeah, that's true, and that that may be a that'll be the the big difference that we need. That messy. Who knows? We might also everything.
1: <laughs> hey, for all we know, we might have a new DP at that time too. Who knows, man? Yeah, you have Messi right next to Baylor. Jeez, Louise.
2: So, what are your predictions for 2021? I, I think I mentioned that there's a possibility that if you extrapolate this performance, that there's a playoff push. But what what the do you or Los Verdes see as a possibility for this team, and what negatives do you think in the in the team that Josh Wolf needs to work on to maybe get into the playoffs?
3: Yeah, I think we can make the playoffs. If we make the playoffs, I think that's a successful season. Uh, anything less, at least for me, especially after what I saw on Saturday, I'm like, if this is not a playoff team, then what's going on in the West <laughs> that this team can't make the playoffs? As far as negative, I'm I'm not really sure. I'm still I'm still trying to. Find that out and see. And I'm sure there's gonna be a point in the season where I go, "WTF? What was that? Or why? Why did you do that? Or why did you sub this? Or why did you use this? Or why did you start him?" And and then, and that's when the maybe the honeymoon's over, and that's when the true love starts to come out. You know, where you get to critique your team, and but at the same time. You're, you're critiquing them because you love them.
0: So, what would you consider a successful season? Is it making the playoffs? Is it just some good performances against big clubs, winning derbies? Is it a chance at silverware, like supporters uh, MLS?
3: I think it's just going to be just play hard. Just play hard. If they if they if they play hard like they did on Saturday, the rest will take care of itself. Play hard. Play for your city. Play for your colors. Play for your badge whether it's with Darby's or whether if it's big clubs like Seattle or LAFC or the champions, Columbus, or God, that hurt to say that. If it's like that, it just play hard, man. Just play hard. And whatever, if if, like, like two zero, we lost two zero, but the team played hard. They had to kick us out of the bank because we kept cheering. Like the ushers were like, you guys have to go. We are like, no, do you realize that we just watched our team play and they played their tails off and we're so proud of them. Yeah, I think making the playoffs is should be expected. That's and as we grow and then if this team starts to to thrive, then we can change that expectation. And you never know. We'll, we'll see.
0: Well, once again, our guest this evening has been Jay Torres, who is the capo with Los Verdes. We sincerely appreciate you joining us this evening. We have one final question for you before we're going to send you home. Before that, we'd just like to remind you guys uh, you can follow Los Verdes online and check out what they're doing. They've put out some good content. Mr. J. Torres on Instagram and Twitter is our guest this evening. Uh, he is an original starting 11 capo with Los Verdes. He plays in the La Murga Band and is also a local coach with the Round Rock Soccer Association in the Austin area. Our final question for you, it's a question we ask every guest who comes on this show. The name of the show is Shoulder to Shoulder, a term that has a very defined meaning to us Angelinos with regards to our affiliations to LAFC but we all find a different interpretation of it in our own personal lives. So our final question for you this evening is, sir, what does shoulder to shoulder mean to you?
3: It means doing stuff together, pulling in one direction, shoulder to shoulder. We're on the same team. We've got one goal. We've got, we've got one idea in mind and shoulder to shoulder and y'all means all kind of mean, you know, say kind of means the same thing for us. You know, it's, it's, we're all in this together and, whether you're part of Los Verdes or you're part of any other of the great SGs in our town, where we're, we're going to do this together. And the only way we're going to succeed is if we do it together for our club, for our city, for the veteran and black together. That's what shoulder to shoulder means to
0: me well thank you sir we know with the time difference it is significantly later there than it is here <laughs> we really appreciate you staying up late with us sorry we ran a little long but your story was quite ah, captivating and fascinating thank you it's all right
3: man i, I appreciate you guys having me on and uh, good luck to you guys this season if you guys ever want to come hang out and or need anything from us just reach out and we'll be happy to do it
0: well i definitely want one of those zapatistas when i come see you I oh yeah out man. there at least It'll once good. this year
3: yeah yeah holler at me we'll- We'll show you a we'll good time,
0: man. You heard that black and gold faithful beers on Los Verdes. So Yeah, all right. come on. Come on. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, my name is Jonathan. On behalf of our guests, Mr. J. Torres, my co-host, Christopher Sines and Christian Aparicio, and, of course, the legend, sound engineer, Wilton. We would like to thank all of you for listening to Episode 89 of Shoulder to Shoulder Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week after our Seattle match, and hopefully LAFC, our two nil up on the season and what that might mean for our qualifications in domestic cup It'd be fascinating to see that play out so thank you everyone for listening this evening we hope you all have a wonderful week go black and gold sticks take us home
1: Shoulda, to Together, this our culture, from the force of a supernova, stay flyin' that FC
0: dorsum. Hey, shopping down to Nikki's, Koreatown Liddy. k pus o mommy, bout to drop
1: her a fifth. They want me to stop, but I ain't. Come to my house, i defend that bank.